Well, so Mads, today we are going to be talking about friendship when you have a disability and how things like social media, which can sometimes be painted as, you know, the bad guy, um, how that's really played a role in some of your closest friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you uh, start us off today? Like, tell me about making friends with uh, MD. Oh, wait, you're going to have to wear headphones because you won't be able to hear her. Hello. Hey, is this Kayleen? Yes. Hey, Kayleen, it's Becky. I'm going to get Maddie in some headphones, and then we'll be good to go. Hey, girl, I can hear you. Well, I can't hear you, but you can hear me, I think, (laughs) allegedly. I don't know if you can hear me, actually. I could be lying. Oh, I can hear myself now. Okay, I can hear you. Hello. (laughs) Let me turn her up. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You're going to dinner tonight? Yes. Earlier this year, I think it was in February, um, you actually found out that what your doctors and you had thought since you were four uh, was your form of MD, muscular dystrophy, was SMA, spinal muscular atrophy, and collagen 6. But you found out that actually you have an even rarer form called Ulrich congenital muscular dystrophy. You CMD, baby. Hey, you're listening to The Obvious Question. I'm your co-host, Becky Smith. And in this episode, we're talking about how isolating and sometimes lonely it can be to be the only person you know with a disability, or at least your disability, and how social media plays a role in allowing people with disabilities to connect all across the country and all across the world. Here's Maddie and her friend Kayleen. It was really honestly like, I mean, it was a hard, it was a hard transition I think emotionally because you know you live your whole life fighting this one battle and you find out you've been fighting the wrong beast your whole life. Um, I was actually really really lucky to find this woman um, Kayleen who lives actually in Kansas um, who has also has UCMD and she was misdiagnosed with Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. So I did feel like I made a lot of friendships, but I still felt like I was never going to meet someone that had my exact diagnosis, let alone someone that was like you that would be so close and like able to actually meet, you know? Yeah, we're so close. Like there's what, like one and a, there's only like a hundred of us, right? Yeah, like Some worldwide. Small. That's like out of seven billion people. Isn't that crazy? Like, no one can ever say we're not, like, special because, I mean, find another one of us. There's only 100. We're, like, a special edition. That's Yeah. Exactly. Rare, limited edition. Very rare unicorns. And um, so it was really just interesting to find out her story. And, you know, we're finding out through our relationship that, there are so many likenesses in our path of progression, and um, we have some things that are different, but we're teaching each other, I feel like, about our bodies um, in ways that our doctors can't even really t- tell us. It's such a rare condition that they literally tell you, go home and Google it, and Jeez. that's it. Um, my doctor like showed me a pamphlet about it, and that was about all he could really tell me, um, and it's just, it was really, really lonely in that moment because in the moment where I got that diagnosis, I didn't know anybody 
that had that. And I went from being a part of this. He, the SMA community is huge. It's, I mean, it's a rare condition as well, but like it's, there's more people that have that than what I have now. I mean, thousands of people have SMA. Thousands of people. And um, it's, it's such a strong community that's been around for such a long time. Um, and there's so many amazing people within it. And so I went from, you know, thinking these are people that I, like, they get me. They get what I'm going through. And I find out that all these things that I thought were just individual to me really are just individual to me. And it, it became very, like, lonely for a moment. And I had to, you know, kind of, I had kind of an identity crisis a little bit because, you know, I went from being such a, such an advocate with this other condition and meeting some of my closest friends that, you know, we were able to relate because of this condition. This condition that brought us together is a condition that I don't even have. Right. And um, so that was really, really just like a weird, I guess, emotional thing for me that I didn't expect. Were there even hashtags? I mean, that sounds silly, but bringing us back to this idea that there were those hashtags that could bring people together, like MDA camp. Were there even hashtags or any kind of shared language that could help you find people who may have had this other condition? Just with um, with Kayleen. That's it. And what is your hashtag for that? Hashtag UCMD. UCMD. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I remember whenever I came across your account, you are just literally such a talented like makeup artist not only just like glam makeup but you do like special effects then whenever we talked the first time it was so cool that we're not just like both into makeup but we're both into so many of the same things and I feel like we kind of had like we have kind of a similar outlook because even though our like experiences are different and individual they overlap Mm -hmm. because of like you know, how we process things and how we were given the wrong diagnosis. And I just never in a million years thought that I would meet anybody that literally understood it, like down to the nerve pain. It's like a different kind of pain that I always felt kind of alone in um, because I'm in pain like constantly and um, my nerves are just really weird and cause a lot of like constant nerve pain. And it's really difficult some days to even like get out of bed and like, you know, just joint stiffness and stiffness in my body that I just remember people with SMA didn't have um, the same kind. And um, I had always kind of wondered, I was like, you know, that's weird. And my doctor would just say like, oh, it's just like unique to your form of SMA because you have different SMA. And so I, I just kind of thought that that was just me. And so finding out, you know, Kayleen and I have identical pain in our right leg, which is so weird. What was it like for you guys? Like, I know Maddie always loves to focus on love stories. So I want to hear what your guys' love story was. And I want to hear what it was like for you guys when you had that first epiphany moment that you shared one of these things like random things you'd always thought was like 100% just you I think for me it was just very much a oh my gosh I'm not alone anymore moment um it was something that you know a lot of I remember one of our conversations um 
you know, you had said something about being in pain and you're like, but it's okay. Like, and the way that you said it was the way that I talk Mm -hmm. about my pain. And so I immediately was like, dude, like you do not have to be like that with me because like, I, I know what you're talking about and I know that you put on a face for everybody that you're fine. And it's cause I mean, nobody can do anything about it. Nobody can affect it and make it any better for us. So we do a lot of like, Oh, it's fine. Like when it's really not fine at all. And so I just wanted you to feel like, you know, I'm a person that you don't have to, you don't have to put on that face for because yeah, I'm going to no, read right definitely... through it. I'm going to call you out. <laughs> exactly. So... You are definitely like a safe space for me to like, you know, vent those, you know, insecurities or fears or, you know, like whatever. Because I think like in my mind, like I've always, since I have not like a big disabled community, like I've always, pictured myself as you know like a normal quote unquote and I just didn't have so I didn't have like enough people to be like hey it's okay to like win these problems like it's not making you any less strong you know what I mean or and things like that so once we started talking it was like wow I don't feel like I have to hold back the thoughts in my head like you know filter them almost when I'm around like able-bodied people I feel like I have to put that filter on so it's like hey you can say this but make sure you don't dive in too deep because you don't want to come off as complaining or you know weak or too vulnerable or whatever so I think when we started talking and just sharing our like I call them war stories because it's like we're going to battle every day to like survive basically and so it was nice to be like oh I have the same you know, basically war story pain and, you know, thoughts as you. And so it was nice to have that, that uh, friendship for sure. Hey, you're listening to The Obvious Question, and I'm your co-host, Becky Smith. So KBIA has some other podcasts you should check out as well, including Show Me the State, hosted by Christopher Houston. This podcast takes a look at myths and lore from Missouri history and figures out how that's still impacting the state today. We also have the True False podcast, which is an in-depth look at documentary film. You can find this and all of our podcasts at kbia.org or wherever you get your podcasts today. As a kid, I feel like I was always told, like, oh, you're the only person we've ever had that's either has this condition or that is in a wheelchair without having an intellectual disability. And so often it was really hard to feel like there were people out there that like understood what that was like. Mm -hmm. Um, And I grew up and I went to a camp for kids with MD where I met a bunch of people that have um, like similar um, conditions. And um, so that was like really the first time in my life that I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm not alone. And that camp had like this magical kind of atmosphere because, you know, just knowing that there's other people that deal with similar challenges was just enough to get me through throughout the year. And um, then as I got older, um, you know, you graduate from camp when you're 17 and social media. um, I mean, social media is now like your virtual camp. 
Literally. <laughs> truly. Um, and I love it because I don't have to wait till just once a year for social media. Um, it's all the time. But yeah, social media allows you, I think, to show your life through the lens that you design. And it allows people, I feel like, with disabilities to really be seen instead of just looked at because, um, you know, you get to control the parts of yourself that are shown and the, you know, aspects and angles that you are showing people, which is really helpful in not only being able to define what living with a disability looks like, but it's also, I feel like it allows you to find your own identity because like on social media, people more see me for me first, but not only that, um, certain hashtags and things can link you to other people that, you know, are doing those same things. And one of those people that I've met through social media um, is my friend Noelle. And I look at her like a little sister because, like, there's so many situations in my life where I wish that I could have gone back and mm. told my little younger and more vulnerable self that, like, like how to deal with a situation, what to do. Because um, I was very, like, going through it at the time, I was very shy and I was very, you know, passive and very... That is just hard to believe. I know. People <laughs> that know me now, they're like, what? Yeah, I, like, didn't talk in, like, high school. Like, I was so shy and, like... Now you talk so much we had to create a whole podcast for you. I know. Now I don't <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> but, so, I mean, you and Noelle talk... All the time. I mean, you guys FaceTime multiple times a week. Yeah. But, I mean, she doesn't live anywhere near us. No. She's, she's actually... New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. Um, which is really awesome because social media allows people that can't necessarily always leave their homes to be able to be social in ways that, you know, I never would have met her had it not been for social media. And there's so many girls around the country and around the world, actually, that... You know, our paths would never have crossed. And um, I'm just so thankful that there's a way for us to be more social in such an isolating situation. Yeah. And um, even if we're isolated in the social like situations we're in in real life, um, we don't have to be isolated all the time. And I think just knowing that there's one person out there that gets it is enough some days to get you through. Well, so we actually got the opportunity over the summer to go to New York, mm -hmm. and we um, were able to, drumroll, meet up with Noelle and her mom in downtown New York. Mm -hmm. What was that like for you? That was amazing. It was, I literally had butterflies in my stomach. I was so excited. Um but yeah. we're actually going to hear some of this conversation that mm -hmm. you guys did uh, in New York in the middle of a busy lobby. So there'll mm -hmm. be some background noise. Um, but we're going to hear from Noelle. So before we jump into this interview, Maddie, I want you to give a 45-second, I know it's going to be hard, give us the 45-second primer of who we're going to be hearing from. Who is Noelle to you? Noelle is the kindest heart you will ever meet. She is such a loving person who genuinely just wants to be everyone's friend. She wants to love on you. She wants to build you up. But unfortunately, she doesn't get a lot of people building her. And I don't know why, because immediately upon meeting her, you just want to like put her in your pocket and like take her home with you. Like she's such 
such a kind, supportive, loving friend. And I'm so, so lucky to get to grow and learn from this little ray of sunshine. Well, let's go ahead and jump in. We'll head back to the summer when you and Noelle met in the big city of New York. Sounds good. Can you talk a little bit about how, because you have a pretty big social media following. You're yeah. a little star yourself. Yeah, it's kind of scary. I don't feel like She's one. bigger than I was when I was your age. Girl, no, you're the queen of everything. Oh I'm not. I'm not, not, I'm not there yet. No. I'm like down below. <laughs> not even. But can you tell me just a little bit about how people were on social media versus in real life, like after your surgery? Yeah, like a lot of people from my school follow me on Instagram and stuff. And during the surgery, everyone was very supportive, like would comment on my posts, like sending you love, like you're so amazing, like really sweet. And it actually really made me feel really good. Like, cause so many people commented, but literally I could say only actually two of those people who commented out of like a lot, I don't even know, but a lot actually talked to me or tried to say hello to me in real life. So it was like, social media is good and bad because it connects us to people, like it connected me to you. And you know, it's really, really amazing. But it's also bad because I feel like it just, it's like, oh, well, we could talk through a screen, but we can't talk in real life, you know? So that's kind of like my experience with that. I feel like social media is kind of like where not only people notice us for our disabilities, but like they, they can finally see a side of us that you don't see at first glance. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it's very empowering. But I think for able-bodied people, when it comes to disability, it can almost be bad because they see that post and they're like, oh, it's so sweet that they asked this person with Down syndrome to prom, like, let's right. share that. And they make it out to be this big deal, which then further stigmatizes exactly. us as being extraordinary for simply being disabled. Exactly. And discounts our actual talents and abilities. Exactly. I will never want to be asked to prom or something. And then it's like, oh my God, this man is a saint. Like, everybody praise him. Like, I'm hoping if I do go to prom with someone, let's pray on that. Um, I mean, I'll go by myself, too. I'm fine with that. Um, I'm hoping that they're going to do it because they like me and they care about me and they're not doing it because they want to pity me. Right. Um, hashtags changed my life. Just being able to tag a single photo from my life with the same hashtag that other people used connected me brought me made my world so much bigger um you know going up through high school and elementary school and everything they're always being like you're the only person that is like this in our school so we don't know what to do and then finding that you know that story isn't very lonely because there are so many people out there we just aren't in the same school and we aren't in the same town and so social media has really helped me to cope with what what i have and what I'm dealing with and um, you know whenever I would have a bad day and people that are able-bodied are always like well you're so strong like you can make it like I believe in you and I'm just like that doesn't mean shit to me like you don't know what I'm going through you don't know I'm not really strong right now I don't have to be strong right now and so just seeing other people going through similar things and seeing them be bad be badass and rock their style and just keep going too I'm just like you know I can get through this shitty day it's just a shitty day like not a shitty life and 
you know, they, there's other people out there that do it too. And that's what like keeps me going because like, you know, if I give up, then you're going to look at me and be like, well, can I do it? Or like, I don't ever want you to think that. Um, and I don't ever want, I don't, I don't ever want to see somebody that's like us, you know, not being able to express themselves and do those things. So it's like empowering each other. And it's just been a very cool thing to just be able to be in completely different towns, living completely different lives, but having such a deep, intimate connection. And like us, like every time we talk, I'm just like, that's my sister. Like she, Me too. <laughs> I feel you in my soul because you just, Me too. you just get it. And the way that you think about things and process things is very, very similar to the way that I do. And I was that same shy, shy person. And so like, I get it. And like, it's, I'm just so grateful that social media can play that kind of a role. And you know, if it's going to be inspiration porn for everybody else, it can be a web to connect all of us, and that's, that's fine. Yeah, for sure. And I feel the same exact way. Like, if having my brother, obviously, like I was saying, made me feel like I wasn't alone, but I still didn't, like, talk to anyone who was in a wheelchair or face some of the physical struggles that I faced. So when I turned to social media and all of a sudden I, I became so interested, I'm like, I need to find others there there's others you know and then I started to find so many people and I found you like and I it's so crazy because I have such a deep connection with you and I literally have never met you until now and like I just I, I know you you know and like I I had never even seen you in real life and it's just like you've helped me through so much that like and you like you get it like every little thing you understand and like before I even have to say something, you're saying it. And it's like, yeah, it just feels good because I, you're always the person I'm, I'm turning to when I have a problem or something really exciting or whatever it is. And like, I, I couldn't imagine if I didn't have social media because I, I don't think I would have ever known you. We never would have met at all. Ever. And it's so, like, it's so funny to me whenever you, not funny to me when you call me with your problems, but it's funny the way that you think about things because you'll say, oh my gosh, this happened, and I'm freaking out because what if everybody's thinking this, and I hear you say it, and it's, I'm like, that, Noelle, that's not what everybody's thinking, like, it's all fine, but that's the same way that I th would have thought about it. Yeah. And so I realize like you helped me realize and validate myself because um I realized why people were always saying like no like don't think about it like that yeah because I I see that in you and I see you know it's, it's just been really nice to be able to be less lonely within a lonely situation absolutely I feel the same way like this is so special I can't watch me cry I cry all the time so Sorry. Oh my gosh, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> we do a lot of crying and always, so it's very emotional person. It's always a good time. I, I want people to know that they could make it through anything. We feel, and I feel a lot, lonely, lost, confused, in a shitty mood. I don't know, but I notice that I also feel so excited. There's so much in this world to be excited about 
And I never want anyone with a disability to feel like they can't do something because there's so much that we go through that people want to do for us. And I know we need the help, but everybody needs help. Um, we need different kind of help, but I don't ever want someone to feel they can't go to their dream college or do their dream job because this, this life is so beautiful and you're going to find so many beautiful people who love you and it's just life is so short so the, the main thing I want people to know is not only to be really kind to others because it feels so good to be nice to people I, I say this every day I'm like be nice it's the best feeling but also be nice to yourself you know because like you gotta love yourself and you gotta treat yourself you're your own best friend in the end of the day you have to you know tell yourself you're beautiful and you're strong. You could literally make it through the things that you never thought you'd make it through. And when you do make it through that, you feel like a bad bitch. Like, you know what I mean? So I guess that's what I would say. Support for KBIA and for the Obvious Question podcast comes from Kilgore's Medical Pharmacy. Locally owned and supporting the community with delivery, a drive-thru, and three locations in Columbia and Ashland, and the SYNC program for medications. Learn more at KilgoresRx.com. Kilgores, we make you feel better. There are so many more physical barriers in the world when it comes to existing with a disability, right? It's parking that's not close. It's doors that don't have ramps or don't have elevators or whatever. And so what's it like to have something like social media that takes away that gatekeeping? Honestly, it is life-altering to, like, a lot of people with disabilities were often told no or, like, we're often canceling on people and often, you know, just deal with things on our own because either people won't understand or they'll get upset that, you know, we're not reliable when it's not us that isn't reliable. It's our bodies. Um, it's our physical world around us that doesn't allow us to be reliable. Um, and so that can be really, like, emotionally frustrating because, you know, we want to be there for people. We want to be seen just like everybody else, but at the same time explaining all of those individual struggles that able-bodied people don't relate to, you know, they're just going to be like, oh, like, I'm sorry. And then we just feel like, you know, they feel bad for us. Mm -hmm. And so having that, all those barriers completely eliminated to form a relationship with people and spend time with people is amazing. And like, I don't just talk to people on Skype. I spend hours on Skype. I live on Skype. And I think it's just because all those problems that we don't aren't able to talk to anyone else about, those build. And having just like this emotion dump where we can just like talk about all those things and really start processing those things together and like vent about things and bitch about stuff and like feel not only heard but like understood is so vital to anyone's mental health. And I don't know where I would be if I didn't know of these other people that are dealing with literally the exact same thing. I would probably be a lot angrier of a person and I would probably be, I don't know. I don't even like to think about that. I don't even like to imagine myself without these incredible women that have really just helped me through every single step that I thought I couldn't make it through on my own. Well, what else do you want to add about this, Mads? If any parents are out there listening to this, I think that it's 
really important that not that you push your kid to be on social media, but that you allow them to explore that outlet of finding friends because making friends within this life, um, having a disability is sometimes difficult. I mean, people without disabilities struggle to make friends sometimes. Um, But when there's all these added barriers, I think letting them go into an environment that is less intimidating because social media is just kind of, you know, everyone's kind of on it. Um, And letting them read about stuff that they want to read about and letting them see other people that are thriving and that are doing things is so encouraging because you don't always see that on TV. You don't always see that in just everyday life. And I think for me, it's helped me to really accept myself and to accept my situation. And, you know, seeing other people that are able to do it gave me this idea that, oh, I can go to college. I can make a life for myself on my own. I'm going to learn about journalism. I'm going to go be a journalist. I'm going to move to New York. I'm going to do all these things that, you know, had I never seen anybody able to do that, I don't know if I would have even thought that that was possible. I wouldn't have made the friends that I've made. I wouldn't be in this really good mental place at the moment because I wouldn't have the supports that I do. And I would be a lot more probably bitter and cynical and shitty. (laughs) (laughs) Special thanks to the whole Obvious Question team. This episode was produced by me. The supervising producers are myself and Aaron Hay. Ryan Mjolner is the managing editor. And Nathan Lawrence takes care of all things social and digital for us. This has been The Obvious Question. I'm Maddie Lawson. And I'm Becky Smith. Thanks so much for listening.